Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I created Data Mesh Radio to be a resource for Data Mesh practitioners the world over. This is a weekly summary episode where I share a bit about the upcoming week's episodes and give you an extended summary for any interviews or panels that will be released during that week. It's designed to help you decide what episodes you might want to spend the full time to listen to, as interview episodes and panels are typically more than one hour long. In general, if you were running up against any challenges with Data Mesh, I'm here to help. I started a company around doing just that, Data Mesh Understanding. So get in touch if I can be of help. Check out our free community programs and things like that as well. Weekly episode summaries and programming notes for the week of November 5th, 2023. So by the time you're hearing this, I should hopefully be successfully moved into my new apartment in the Netherlands, but you know, we'll see. Uh, My call to action for this week is to go out and find yourself a speaking opportunity. They really aren't that hard to find. Is there a panel topic you want to be a part of? Go ask someone putting together content if they want to put together a panel and you can say, yeah, I want to invite these other three people on and you'll, you'll be shocked, right? Like you'll be shocked how easy that can all get put together. So what's on tap for this week? On Monday, we have episode 266, leveraging decades of information architecture learnings to do data well, an interview with Aikens Law. So a bit different from the norm, but this one is a lot about stepping back and assessing an organization's capabilities around data and their actual ability to share information internally. I've talked about this in the past of there's a difference between sharing data as in the ones and zeros and sharing information. Many people do jump to this being that technically focused, but a lot of this is about the organization, not necessarily just the technology or the approaches that you're using. This is hence that what architecture actually really looks like. We went through a lot on maturity models and also how to take what we've tried to do in data and information architecture historically and start to apply it to data and doing something like data mesh well. And then on Friday, we have episode 267, the developer experience. How do we delight data developers? Shemax corner number 30. This is the second part of a longer conversation, a longer recording with Shemax. How do we actually start to create a good developer experience around data instead of focusing so much on the darn tooling. I've got a couple of takeaways. The current data product developer experience just plain sucks. In software, we have one simple interface that manages all the pieces needed to get the job done, package those those components into one thing uh, that's easy to kind of work with and deploy. In data, we have to jump through hoops and interfaces across many different tools. You just have to manage so many different things, and it's just not great. Right now, the developer has to manage everything themselves, which is a ton of work. But it's also a big risk because of lifecycle management. If everything isn't packaged and deployed as one, 
you have dependencies drifting from each other. It just becomes this huge, huge problem. There's, I could go on for, you know, 20 minutes on this as to why this is such a big issue, but there's we're just not packaging the things in such a way where developers don't have to manage all this stuff themselves. And then there are many places from software we can learn from as to how to do this kind of containerization approach. How do we package all this stuff together to make this easy? Ruby on Rails and Cloud Foundries are good places to look that Jamak had mentioned. So with that, though, let's go ahead and head on to the extended summary for Aiken's episode. Extended summary for episode 266, Leveraging Decades of Information Architecture Learnings to Do Data Well, an interview with Akins Lawal. So in this episode, I interviewed Akins, who's a data strategist at Schema for Success. To be clear, he was only representing his own views in the episode. In Akins' view, many more people need to slow down a bit to really consider what they are building, why, and for whom, especially when it comes to data and information. Far too often, data people and tech people in general want to build something, but we need to focus on good information architecture, focus on what you're trying to achieve. We need to consider a lot about the specifics of why we are building something and also who will use it and how in order to maximize positive outcomes. We have to focus on the outcome instead of, and the target, what are we trying to achieve instead of just moving to building something. When starting with good information architecture, Aikens recommends asking a lot about what the system will do and why. Map out the user flows even. How will people access information? That way you can start to back into what kind of systems and approaches will support what you are trying to accomplish. It's not about what you are trying to build. It's about what are you trying to accomplish and building something that can help you accomplish that. As you start to plan out your information architecture, Akins recommends you start finding your champions. This comes up in many, many episodes. You need people to rally around to get things moving forward at your organization, right? Then you can plan out your, your process. There are many different tried and true processes for sharing context and information, but it's important to find one that works well with the use case and your organization. You should be looking for happy mediums between the people involved because no one will get everything they want if you're doing it well. Um, in Aiken's view, if you want to become data-driven as an organization, you need to focus on hiring learners, not just for current skill sets. Data, how to analyze it, leverage it, share it, etc., is a lifelong problem or challenge. New tech and approaches always emerge. You want someone focused on staying up to date on best practices, not specifically proficient in one tool that could be close to obsolete in a few years. Leadership buy-in is far and away the most important factors to new uh, initiatives succeeding, according to multiple studies from 
HBR and McKinsey and folks like that. So Aikens recommends to make sure you are aligning with those leaders and showing them the benefit of improving your data initiatives. If you just try and show and then get them bought in, yes, that might work at first, but you're not going to build a ton of momentum until you actually have that that buy-in and your chances of success, inf- you know, go not infinitely, but go up quite a bit as soon as you have that success. A big reason so, why so many data initiatives fail is that lack of buy-in and support. You can build the best thing on the planet, and if people don't really care to use it, it's not going to end up being successful. The best-played plans are still far less likely to su- succeed without that support from above. Aikens talked about how maturity models can be a very helpful tool for finding what's already working in your organization relative to data work. You can find the patterns and then assess if you can make those into repeatable patterns for the rest of the organization or not. It's all about creating a situation where things can mature. It's not as if you have to go in and everything has to be mature at the start. In-person collaboration for Aikens just kind of hits different. You are better able to exchange context if you're in the same room and able to whiteboard. You know, Scott, no, personally, I don't, I, I kind of see this, I kind of don't, right? Potentially, that's around driving meaning and trust. Virtual tools still have not caught up to in-person collaboration capabilities in a lot of cases. So if you aren't in person, he believes you will likely need to meet more often just to ensure you really understand each other. And, and you know, personal note, I agree on that, that we need to, when we do remote and distributed communication, it's harder. And so you have to make sure that you're actually doing the things to set yourself up for success. Aikens then talked about the importance of leveraging data to empower people and weaving that data understanding and empowerment into the fabric of the organization. How do you empower people to make more and better decisions with data. That's how you move towards being data-driven. Something Aikens likes for driving data sharing and usage is incentivization. How are you rewarding people for sharing and leveraging data? Leaders should be giving teams and people that are sharing and using data well lots of accolades and potentially other rewards as you mature So others want in on that action. That incentivization matters. This comes up over and over on so many episodes. And we do incentivization around, you know, getting people to share and use data really poorly. I'm just not seeing a lot of people do it really well. Hopefully it sounds like some awesome episodes for you coming up this week. As a reminder, feel free to get in touch if I might be useful in your data mesh journey helping quite a few organizations and introducing people to each other, plus doing some roundtables. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information. I hope you have a great rest of your day and week. Now on to that fun, funky little outro music.